0: Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Joanna Kleinman. Joanna is an unconventional and bold trailblazer who's raising the bar on how visionaries, like you, can truly thrive as their authentic, powerful selves. As a psychotherapist herself, Joanna recognized a gap in traditional psychotherapy and coaching methods that don't address the most important key. You can't get rid of or change what your automatic mind has been saying to you for your whole life. In the episode, Joanna shares what to do with your automatic mind, how to dethrone your inner critic, where conventional therapy goes wrong, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, ThriveMarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people, and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market Or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Joanna. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Joanna. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast.
1: It is my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I know you're calling in from the East Coast. We are having the biblical rains right now on the West Coast when we're recording this. I don't know if you've heard about it at all, but California is just being absolutely drenched. So hopefully we don't hear, uh, the wind and the thunder outside. I don't, what's the weather like for you right now? Is
1: it freezing? It's pretty typical. No, it's, it's like in the 40 degree range. We, um, we had a deep, deep freeze over the holidays. Um, Thank goodness I was out of the country, so I did not. Right. I was I was not a part of that. But I hear you, you need rain in California, right? So, yeah.
0: yeah, I think yeah, I think we yeah. do need rain. I think yeah. this rain, since we don't get a lot of rain, it's just not soaking in very much and just causing mm. a lot of flooding Ugh. and mudslides and stuff. So not really sorry. where we live because we're more in a city. But um, yeah, it's pretty crazy because usually it yeah. rains here for an hour, two hours tops and then it's done and this is just... Sheets for days. It's crazy.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: It's wow. also kind of nice to have a change in weather because that's true. It's usually, that's true. same yep. old, same old every day. It can be good. That's I right. would love if you could start out by telling us just about you. Who are that's you, and specifically, great. what led you to become a psychotherapist?
1: Oh my goodness! Wow, what a question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I uh, I am a psychotherapist. I've been a psychotherapist for. Um, over 30 years. I am the author of the book, Dethroning Your Inner Critic, The Four-Step Journey from Self-Doubt to Self-Empowerment. I have a podcast that's also called Dethroning Your Inner Critic. Um, and I, you know, my... Um, my approach and my career has very much shifted um in the last few years um so uh i i now lead programs um i lead a program called um, mastering your mind to uh women all over the world and i go into companies and um, teach about the mind, me- it's a method that I created called the mind method. So it's um, very exciting. And I'm getting ready to uh, do a TED talk this year. In oh, how exciting. So, yes, yes, yes.
0: So how do you yes. even go about that? How does one do a TED talk? Do you
1: approach and, TED or does TED approach you? <laughs> um, yes, you have to be nominated and then you have to apply and you have to be chosen. And so it's it's um, it's a it's a it's a whole process. So Oh
0: wow. Do yeah. you know the topic yet? Is it are you allowed to share that or?
1: Um I'm still working on it. Oh, okay. I'm still working on it, but yeah. um it's it's um it's about how you use your mind to design an entirely different future. Is wow. basically the premise, right? So How cool. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah.
0: keep an eye out for that. I'm sure you will when it's released you'll probably have it on your website and we can oh i most
1: certainly will or social most- media
0: all of the things that we will talk about where people can find you at the end
1: yeah that's great
0: i found a quote from you somewhere i can't remember where maybe it was on your website but okay. i kind of want to read it because i think it's really cool and yes. i'm sure you wrote it and it kind of summarizes i think what we're going to talk about but sure. I'll read it and then we'll kind of dissect it piece by piece. So you say you can't get rid of or change what your automatic mind has been saying to you for your whole life. The world of coaching and psychotherapy tells you to reframe your thoughts, silence the chatter, ignore the noise and think positively. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that no amount of positive self-talk will free yourself from the constraints of your inner critic. I believe true and lasting change comes from knowing step-by-step how to unhook from the voice of your automatic mind and how to tune into the voice of your true inner wisdom. This is why my mind method is designed to help you rewire your mind to create new beliefs, new behaviors, and new results so that you can embody your true power. I mean, wow, there's so much there. Yes, yes, yes. I think, you know, you kind of say maybe conventional wisdom and psychotherapy misses the mark at some point. So I would love to dive into this. And first of all, hear from you because I've never heard this term
1: before. Mm. What is your automatic mind? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. So, so, and you had, I know you had asked before how I became a psychotherapist. So that sort of weaves into a lot of this, right? So, um, you know, by the age of 19, okay, this is going back a few years, we're talking uh, 1989, right? I, I had what, right? Seemed like from the outside, right? A good life. You know, I was, I was, I was a sophomore in college and, you know, I hadn't experienced any horrible trauma or anything like that. Right. And I had friends and, and yet I was just not happy. I wasn't filled, right? Uh there was something that just kept sort of nagging at me. And so that really propelled me into an ongoing journey um, that really investigates uh, right, what is, how do we? attain lasting fulfillment and peace and contentment and joy and happiness. And so the the question, what is your automatic mind? Okay. We've, we're actually conditioned from the time that we're very, very young children. Okay. To figure out how do we matter? How do we belong? How are we valued? How are we important? And unfortunately, our culture and we're going back generations upon generations upon generations, what we're taught is that our happiness and our joy and contentment and peace lies in uh, you know our lives looking a particular way, right? Um, If we make this kind of money, if we look this particular way, if we weigh this much, if we um, have this level of success, if we have this, you know, this level of friends, if we're in a relationship, if we, you know, achieve what we want in our career. Right. Those are the things that once we get those things, those are the things that are going to um, give us the, the feelings that we want to feel. And, you know, there's an epidemic in our culture where people are reaching those things, okay, which is wonderful to reach those things. It's wonderful to strive for those things. But many times we find that once we get there, wherever we think there is supposed to be, right, we reach the proverbial top of the mountain only to find that's not it. And you know, this is uh, this this sort of creates this uh, vicious cycle, okay, Where um, we keep chasing the next best thing. and we and and as I said, we'll get to the goal. But ultimately, the reason why I came up with the mind method is because I want people to understand that your joy and fulfillment and happiness has nothing to do with. With reaching some arrival point, it has nothing to do with getting your life to match some ideal version of the way you think it's supposed to be. Hmm. It's not going to come from trying to fix or change or perfect yourself or any part of your life. Hmm.
0: As you're talking about this, I have so many thoughts coming to mind, but have you heard of, it's kind of going viral right now, the show Fleischman is in Trouble?
1: On, I have not heard of that. Wow. I mean my I cut that out. I'm
0: as I'm, doing this, I'm I'm Googling what channel it's on. My husband's gonna laugh at this because I literally forget every single night. We could be in the middle of a show, we're on the fifth episode, and I'm like, what's it on again?
1: He's like I know, Hulu, I just like last like night. That.
0: Just yeah. the same as last night the night before. It's still on Hulu. So this is so, on Hulu. Hulu, uh, okay. But This is basically the theme of the entire Mm. show. It's these people in their late thirties who Mm. have gotten the job, the nice apartment, or the nice house in the suburbs, or the you know, the kids. They've gotten they've achieved everything externally that they desired in life and then they're all struggling with unhappiness in different ways. That's right. And then there's the one friend who hasn't gotten married yet or has he has the job but it's a he's kind of a foil to them I mean it's just explores mm. this exactly what you're talking about so yes. great yeah. show I would recommend watching it yourself listeners I as will. well it's it's a little risque so if you're up for that kind of- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me just yeah. the listeners know you know it's, <laughs> it could be yeah. on HBO if you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. a little intense in some parts but yeah. it's great very, very good. And yes. so I can't wait to hear you actually talking about this today because now I'm thinking not mm. only of my own life and friends, but also of kind of dissecting the show because we just finished yes. it. Um, yes. So essentially, would so the automatic mind, I'm just trying to see if I understand this, is just mm. you're going to a place where you're just constantly thinking if, 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 then, then, then. Mm. Like if I get this, then I'll be happy
1: or... So let me, let me explain. Okay. Okay. So, um, the N step of my mind method. So M I N D is an acronym. Okay. So I'm going to jump right to the N step. Okay. Which is neutralize the never ending message. So, uh, for all of us as human beings, when we are about three or four years old, this is when we first start making sense of the world, how we matter, how we're loved, how we're valued. Okay. So. What we don't understand at three, four, five, right, all the way up until we're teenagers, what we really don't understand is that people's reactions, people, right, how people respond to us, it really has nothing to do with us. It has more to do with them. We don't know that. OK, so when mommy or daddy or a caregiver gets angry or upset, it's scary to us. Right. When we're teased by a sibling, it hurts our feelings and we automatically assign meaning to those kinds of events. Right. This is why we cannot remember what we had for breakfast three d- three days ago, but we can remember where we were standing and the shirt we were wearing in fifth grade when little Susie said, I no longer want to be your friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Because these things, when we when we are in pain, when we are in emotional pain, our brain focuses on those things, okay? So by the time we are adults, we've gathered all of this evidence to support beliefs that we decided about ourselves before we understood the world. So going back to the example, right? Mommy or daddy gets upset because we spilled milk, right? Subconsciously, we may decide, I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. Right. We might decide, you know, from a a sibling's behavior, I'm not important. I'm not loved. And then we have this part of our brain that's called the reticular activating system that filters what we pay attention to. And we start to pay attention to the events in our lives that bring up those same um, those same thoughts, those same beliefs, those same emotions, hmm. right? So, let's just take a benign example like road rage. Why do people get so enraged when somebody cuts them off? Okay, mm-hmm. what's getting triggered is a, is some fundamental feeling of being disregarded or devalued or in some way worthless, right? We don't realize that. We think it's the jerk that cut us off and how dare you. But very often we have these circumstances in front of us and our emotional response to the circumstances does not match, right? Why would somebody get so enraged when a stranger cuts them off, Mm -hmm. right? Or why, you know, if our... A boss, you know, disregards our, um, right, our idea. We feel so deflated and defeated, right? Or our child doesn't listen to us uh, and it gets us so triggered and enraged, right? When we start paying attention and we start really examining what is this circumstance in front of me really triggering me that's making me feel so upset, what we can find is that we've had the same emotions and thoughts and beliefs before. We had a seven-year-old version of it. We had a 15-year-old version of it, right? We have a 28-year-old version of it. We have a 42-year-old version of it and a 52. It just, it's never ending. Hmm. And so very often when people try to, um, change their thoughts and beliefs and circumstances, what we find is that rather than trying to change your thoughts or silence that negative chatter, okay, because you can't. So rather, what, what becomes really powerful is when we can actually step back and observe that automatic conditioned mind that's been conditioned in us since we've been young children, when we can observe that conditioned mind as separate from ourselves. So we don't have to change anything that it says. What we can start to recognize is, oh, that's not really me. That's just my conditioned automatic mind. And that's the mind that I've labeled your inner critic mind. Now, the one thing that I will just add is that your inner critic mind is not just the voice that tells you that you're not good enough and you're not loved enough and there's something wrong with you and, you know, you're, you don't really have what it takes to get to where you really want to be. It is also the mind right? The chatter that will have you, um, you know, get your third degree, right? Study for your third degree because you think that one degree isn't enough. I need two degrees and now I need three degrees. And once I get that degree, that'll really be the thing that'll make me feel, you know, smart enough. Or, um, Right. It's the it's the mind that keeps having you reach more and more and more goals, which I love reaching goals. I will never stop reaching for my goals, but I want to be reaching goals while already right now feeling fulfilled and whole and satisfied and in gratitude and enjoy such that I never need to reach those goals. I will keep taking the actions and the steps towards those goals, but I don't need it to make me feel whole and complete. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at The Now, back to the episode. Yeah, so how do you do that? <laughs> like, So yeah. your mind method, I know you got into the N, but yeah. is it essentially everything goes back to the mind method to start making this happen
1: for yourself. Yes. So the bottom line is if I'm really going to sum it up, it is bringing conscious awareness to what is unconscious and automatic. Hmm. So the M step of the mind method is meet your inner critic. Okay. So just to sum that up, I have people, Every morning for 10 minutes, you're dumping out your brain into a journal so that you can just clearly see all the chatter. Um, Meditation is part of that. Just right. Learning to sit back in the seat of awareness and observing your mind. Right. And just breathing and being the witness to all of the chatter within your mind. So that's really the M step. I mean, I'm really summarizing this right right, right. succinctly. The I step is to investigate the indication sign. So these are the blinking red lights that alert you that your automatic mind has taken over. So going back to my example, raging when you're cut off in traffic, right? That's an indication sign that your automatic mind is in control right? Losing your temper, um, wanting to come home and crawl into bed and not talk to anybody and not have, right? Not, not talk to your children and not talk to your partner because you're exhausted, right? Exhaustion, overwhelm, eating too much, drinking too much, avoidance. For some people, their indication signs are being so busy that they can't stop and just be. For other people, maybe it's over-exercising, right? Maybe it's overworking, um, right? There are a lot of different indication signs that are basically the emotions, the body sensations, and the behaviors that are repetitive and routine that occur when your automatic mind is ruling your life. Hmm. The end step, I discuss, that is the never ending message, right? In other words, when you want to go and eat that entire pint of ice cream, right? And you know that that's a sabotaging behavior, what's really going on, right? Getting curious about what are the emotions that are driving you towards that behavior. So it's really getting curious Hmm. about what's floating around in your mind, right? Taking the time to observe it all. Okay. And getting to really understand, like for me, my never ending message is that I am just not good enough. Okay. So if I didn't know that that was nothing more than a never ending message, I would not be sitting here being interviewed on this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Because I never would have been able to take the steps that have gotten me to this point in my career and in my dream and in my vision, because I would have mistook my automatic mind telling me, You're not enough. You don't have what it takes. Who are you? You're not that person. And I would have stopped, mm-hmm. right? So that's really the never-ending message which by the way as I said before right this year I'm delivering a TED talk I'm right back to my never-ending message that is screaming louder now than ever before right so you the, the issue is you you climb the top of one mountain Okay. right. I wrote a book. That was a huge mountain. I created a successful podcast. That was a huge mountain. Right. I started speaking in in companies. That was a huge mountain. But the next step right now, I'm at the bottom of the next mountain (laughs) and it's the same old beliefs and the same old stories and the same old conditioning that my mind continues to Try to engage me in. The difference is I see it clearly. I know how to unhook myself. I know that it's not real. And then I can choose to engage in behaviors even while my mind is screaming the same messages that she screamed at me when I was 9 and 12 and 15 and 22, right? Right? The D step is design your life. Right. Which is, again, exactly what I'm doing, despite the fact that I continue to have an inner critic that speaks the same messages to me that will never stop speaking the same messages to me. I can design a fundamentally different life. I can design a different life professionally. I can design a different life in my relationships. I can I can design a different life in um, my experience of my confidence only because every day multiple times a day, I practice unhooking myself from my automatic mind.
0: And how does that look? Do you
1: literally say something to yourself or? Well, I start my day every day, right? I do... 20 minutes of meditation and 10 minutes of journaling. It's like exercise, right? It's like exercise for your body. You can't can't exercise for six months and then decide, I don't need to do that ever again. I'm fit for the rest of my life, (laughs) right? (laughs) If you want to have a fit body, you've got to move it in certain ways. So this is very much what it takes to rewire a different mind to guide you into a different future. It's Mm. just taking some time. And it doesn't have to be a half hour, right? I practice a half hour. I tell some people, you know, you could do something for five minutes, right? Five-minute journaling, right? A two-minute meditation. It doesn't take much. It just takes a willingness to engage in the practice of observing your mind. Mm -hmm. Not trying to fix it, not trying to change it, not trying to make it stop doing what it's doing, just to witness it as separate from you Mm -hmm. to create the space between you and it.
0: I like the way you're describing just the awareness of your inner critic and you don't try to silence it. Because I've heard other people say, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, silence your inner critic. That's right. And then it's very, it feels even more frustrating because you can't silence it. So then you start thinking, well, what's wrong with me? Everybody else is silencing their inner inner critic, but I can't silence mine. And so it
1: just adds more fuel to the inner critic fire. That's exactly, that is exactly the issue, which is why I choose the term dethroning because dethroning right? Especially when you're embarking on something that makes you super uncomfortable and takes you out of your comfort zone. I have to dethrone my inner critic 50 times in an hour sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the more that you practice, the more that you start to see a life that is unfolding in front of you, that is vastly different than the life that your automatic mind would have created for, for you, right? Mm. As I said, my life in all facets would look fundamentally different had I not done the work to understand. I am actually separate from my automatic mind. I will never change what my automatic mind says. I just no longer have to take guidance from it. And I no longer have to believe the stories that it tells me as facts and truths.
0: It's almost letting yourself off the hook in a way that you're not going to silence it. So then you're able to do more of the work because you don't have this unattainable thing you're reaching towards.
1: That's right. It That's makes right. me
0: think of, uh, I used to live in New York City and I used to go to a lot of yoga classes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people, people I'm sure in every state are very good at yoga, but there are some very good people at yoga in New York, especially yes. as I would, I mean, some of the classes, oh my gosh, you walk in and people are doing headstands as their warm up. And I it's am, unbelievable. yeah, yeah. I'm so yeah. inflexible. And yes. I would go to these, I can barely, I mean, downward dog, I still have my knees bent. Like I'm not, I wouldn't call myself good at yoga, but then it just was so intimidating. And then I had all these thoughts of, I can't do yoga. I'm not meant for this. And I went to That's one right. class and the instructor said, if you're breathing, you're doing yoga. That's right. And it was so freeing to me. And I just thought in every class after that, I had this confidence because it let me off the hook of if I'm not doing a handstand, I'm not doing yoga. If I'm not up against the wall, I I'm not good at yoga. And I just would show up and think if I'm breathing, that's I'm doing this and then I could do it more.
1: That's exactly right. Right. And so, you know, because we, we've got natural talents and abilities, we've got things that we are great at. We've got things that we are eh, we're okay at, right? Then we've got things that we're not good at. And so if we can get ourselves, right? As you said, let yourself off the hook, really just focus in on what your natural talents and abilities are, right? And you You can still, to, to use your example, you can still practice yoga and you can get all of the wonderful benefits of yoga, but you might never be That perfect yoga expert, like some of those other people, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Right. It doesn't mean what your automatic mind might make it mean. And particularly as women, okay? Now, men have an inner critic for sure, but it's different than the inner critics of women. And there are too many women in our culture who do not go for the lives that they're meant to be living, right? They stay in the relationship, even though they know that it's reached its end or it's toxic, right? They're afraid to leave that marriage and go for something bigger. They're afraid to leave that career and go for what their hearts really desire. They're afraid to write that book. They're afraid to step out of their comfort zone, right? So they engage in the same circumstances and the same behaviors because to our automatic mind, that actually feels safer. Hmm. See, here's a big issue. Our automatic mind... Is really rooted in our survival mechanism of safety and comfort and security. And you and I both know, right, in, in in the line of work that we do and what what we're doing, and right, doing a podcast, writing a book, creating a, a coaching program, these are these are not things that are always comfortable right? These are not things that go smoothly. These are not things that go linearly, right? And we have to risk failure. We have to risk rejection. We have to risk inadequacy. We have to risk making mistakes. We have to look risk not looking good, right? But that's the very thing that if we're able to take those risks and keep pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone that's the very thing that gives us exactly what we're looking for right mm. that gives us the relationship of our dreams right or right even pushing yourself out outside of your comfort zone in your current relationship right having the difficult conversations Talking about the things that make you feel vulnerable and ashamed and fearful with your partner or your child or your parent, right? These are the things that if we are not willing to keep reaching outside of our comfort zone and facing our vulnerability, we will keep shrinking away from it. Mm-hmm. And this is how people's lives actually become smaller and smaller and smaller, right? And then people get to be 50, 60 years old and they kind of think, well, well what do I have? What do I have to look forward to? Yeah. Right? What lies ahead? And that's heartbreaking to me.
0: And so a lot of the, the, I mean, it sounds like you're ta- a lot of it comes down to fear, right? So it's fear, fear. kind of your inner critic.
1: Just, it's, it's all rooted in fear, but many people don't – they don't even see that, hmm. right? Really, you know, Marianne Williamson says there's two emotions. There's fear and love. Mm-hmm. Anything that's not love is fear. Anger yeah. is fear. Sadness is fear. Shame is fear. Mm-hmm. Humiliation, fear, right? It's all fear. And if you can really – understand exactly what thoughts and beliefs are driving those painful emotions, it's a game changer. But here's the kicker. You got to be willing to feel the feeling. You got to lean into the feeling. You got to be willing to observe it. And that automatic mind wants us to avoid it at all costs. This is why people keep themselves so busy so that they don't have to think or they eat when they're not hungry or they engage in self-destructive behaviors, right? They don't want to feel the discomfort, the extreme discomfort that it takes when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and engaging in things that are rooted in the unknown. Mm So to feel...
0: Yeah, I was just going to say to practice feeling uncomfortable, then is that where you recommend the journaling or the meditation? Or do you just sit with Absolutely. your thoughts? I mean, how do you practice if you're not in the habit? I mean, yes. I feel like I'm very much because if you build your own business, like you said, a coaching program, if you work with clients, you are used to. Being uncomfortable all the time. And I feel like I am an expert at it at this point. (laughs) Of course. Like failing at this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, I failed 10 times today. It's just a natural part of my life, which I kind of love at this point, at the beginning, not so much. Well, that's the point. How do you, so how do you train yourself? I mean, I think I just kind of naturally did it over the course of years, but how do you, if you're someone who, let's say, feels very safe in a career and, a relationship and you you don't you're not used to feeling uncomfortable and you're used yes. to kind of silencing those how what's the first step to mm. sitting with those feelings
1: okay so here's what i'm gonna say safety doesn't equal comfort mm. if you are in a career that you know deep down is unfulfilling to you right? That doesn't feel good, okay? So the bottom line is you're going to be uncomfortable either way. You're going to be uncomfortable if you stay in what's known and familiar, even though you know it's not in alignment with who you are now and the life that you want to create. Or you're going to be uncomfortable if you're going for your dreams. I, for one would rather be uncomfortable by going for my dreams than be uncomfortable by staying small and safe and stuck, mm-hmm. right? So that's really the first step, is the willingness to feel uncomfortable because just that uncomfortable emotion, that vulnerability, that, that, that fear of failure, that shame, that pain, whatever it is, It's just an inner vibration in your body. It's an energy. It's not going to kill you. Okay. I, I, you know, this is a very, very simple, uh, a very simple analogy I use. I I don't know if you're probably too young to remember this book maybe, but when I was a a child, there was a Sesame Street book called um, There's a Monster at the End of This Book. Okay, and the whole book was about was Grover, and you would he would say no matter what you do, don't turn this page. And then you would turn the page, and then you know, and then he'd say, "Oh my God, I told you not to turn the page." And then you know, you're not listening to me. in the whole book, and at the end of the book, it's Grover. Grover's the monster at right. the end of the book, right? That that's us, right? We think that that stepping towards our dreams in whatever that, that is, is so scary and so overwhelming and so uncomfortable. But here's the thing. If we just take the next step, even if we have no idea how to get there, right? We have no idea how to change careers. We have no idea how to leave a marriage. We have no idea how to get into the relationship of our dreams. We don't know how to do that, but we do know what would just be the very next step? And if we can take that step and master our automatic mind that's screaming at us, telling us, who do you think you are? You're not good enough, right? Now we've just stepped outside of our comfort zone and our comfort zone then gets bigger. The thing that was once uncomfortable is now comfortable.
0: Hmm.
1: Now we're ready to take the, the, the second step. Now, To use your example, I'm sure you, like me, you've been building your business for a very long time, over time. And if you look back five years ago, you would have no concept of how you would get to this point. Mm -hmm. You just put one foot in front of the other and kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Yeah. That's That's life. Yeah. I once heard uh, a
0: business mentor say something, and I think this could apply to other things in life, but often, let's say at the beginning, you see other people having, let's say, the TED Talk, right? And you just think, oh, I wish I could just have that TED Talk. But if it would have happened to you five years ago, you may have passed it up. You weren't ready for it, right? I wasn't ready. You need all the little steps, the baby steps to get to the place where you are. So it can be alluring To look at someone else's whatever in the whole comparison trap. But if that were given to you with a magic wand today, then correct, you're probably not ready for it anyway. So just embracing the slow.
1: That's right. Yeah. I've been building this business for seven years. Yeah. And let me tell you, a year ago, I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the same woman sitting here right now talking to you that I was at this time last year. Yeah. This didn't happen overnight. And by the way, before I was building this part of my business, I was a psychotherapist in private practice for seventeen years <laughs> before. Right. So it hasn't been seven years. It's been way longer than that. And before that, I was doing right. I I, I was a nonstop uh, learner. Uh, and seeker of personal growth and development starting at the age of 19. So I'm 52 now. Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? And I, and what I know is that I have chapters of my life moving forward that I don't even know what they're going to look like. I don't even know what lies ahead. And to me now, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Because how boring would it be for us to know exactly how life is going to go?
0: Right. Yeah. Since you do have experience with traditional psychotherapy, we talked about kind of silencing the inner critic, but where else do you think traditional advice kind of leads people astray?
1: Um, So I think that if you're looking at traditional coaching or you're looking at traditional therapy, there are a lot of, you know, strategies to get you to the next step, but you're not really understanding what is at the root level of what keeps getting in your way. And even if you are aware of it, you're still believing it as though it's the truth Or you're trying to, in some way, fix it, change it, or get rid of it, right? So people um, that struggle with confidence or they struggle with feeling like they're not good enough think that at some point they'll... Arrive confident, right? They'll figure out how to get confidence or they'll figure out how to finally feel good enough. And once they get the confidence or once they feel good enough, that's when they'll then go for what they really want in life. And that doesn't come, Mm -mm. right? Because what, you know, what changes our life ultimately is action. Yeah. That's the only thing that changes our life. Okay. And very often taking the action comes before the way that you want to feel. Mm -hmm. And most people, right, when you look at traditional concepts, we're trying to change the way that we feel first and then have the feeling guide our action.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's not the way it goes.
0: Yeah. No, I think... That's my mind is blown. I'm thinking of all the things right now. (laughs) Um, I'd love to hear your response to a question that I ask each of my guests, which is what does it mean to you to make the health investment?
1: Mm, That's such a good question. Um, I think the health investment is really understanding the connection between mind, body and spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Be- again, if many people think once I change my body, then that will be the thing that will change my mind and spirit. Right. Um, I think I think that everything that we do, the ways that we treat ourselves, the ways that we treat our body, what we feel we deserve and what we feel is possible for us really boils down to your mind, hmm. right? And so making the health investment, if you're asking me, it starts with understanding exactly how to master your mind. Mm-hmm. And then everything stems from there.
0: Yeah. I, I love that response.
1: Thank Where
0: you. can listeners follow and find you?
1: Uh great. Yes. So um, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Dethroning Your Inner Critic. My website is dethroningyourinnercritic.com. My podcast is Dethroning Your Inner Critic. You can find my book Dethroning Your Inner Critic on Amazon or Audible. Um and yeah, and 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 um I also I also lead retreats. Oh. So Depending on on um, on when your listeners are 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 listening to this, I will be um, leading a retreat um, to Costa Rica in May of 2023, uh, five, uh, six, six days, five nights. Oh, cool! Um, to really understand how to master your mind. So, if anybody is interested in hearing more about that, you can go to my website, Dethroning Your Inner Critic.
0: And how? I was just thinking as you were saying that you don't hear about retreats as much anymore. But that's likely because in the past couple of years, everything shut down. That's probably why that's I haven't heard right. about retreats much. But
1: right. it's yeah. cool because
0: there's nothing like physically being present with other people and uh, doing this work.
1: Yes, and immersing yourself right, taking yourself out of your old life and then immersing yourself in um, in really engaging in this work. It's a game changer. Wow.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, I will put links to that. I love how it's all streamlined, dethroning your inner critic and in all of the places yep. is where people can find you. And we'll all also look out for your TED Talk. I can't wait yeah. until you do that and to watch that and to know Beautiful. that behind the scenes you have that inner critic, you know, you're or I don't know, speaking to you, but you are just separating it and still doing the things and taking action.
1: That's right. That's what it's about.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Joanna.
1: Thank you for having me, Brooke. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.